You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Mike Maniscalco, and you're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast. Thanks, Mr. Maniscalco, and thank you all for tuning in with us on another episode today. We appreciate y'all being here. My name is Brandon Stanley. That's my buddy, my trusty sidekick, Matthew Soma, throwing up the deuces. We are in the midst of a pretty long stretch of no Canes hockey, man. Uh, luckily, you, by the time you guys are hearing this, it will be game day. Um, we're recording on Friday night. I will have this up tomorrow because I'm getting my first day off in what feels like forever. Um Canes are coming off an overtime loss to the Anaheim Ducks. That kind of stunk. But I think they were, you know, they can be forgiven for a stinker after they've actually been in a stretch of some pretty good hockey. I don't think they played great against Anaheim. We'll get into that a little bit more. And also to the win streak that preceded it, which I think I'm putting more weight in at this point in time, just because, you know, I feel like the Canes are starting to come along. They got Tavo Terabinen back. Injuries and health in general is another going to be a bit of a theme on this podcast as well because the Hurricanes did get some bad injury news today as well, but also some good injury news because they got two players that are back on the ice. One of them looks to be pretty close. The other is probably still going to be a while, but all that coming tonight. Um, We'll start with the Anaheim game because that's the most recent and most fresh on our minds. And honestly, we should talk about it, of course, but I just don't know if I really have that much to say about it outside of I just don't think they played very well. Um, they're in the middle of a long road trip and they're on the West Coast. Sometimes you don't really show up for games like that. Despite Anaheim's record, it's not like they're a team without skill. Um, and I just, you know, sometimes it be like that. Kane's lost four to three in overtime. That's another thing we've talked about a good amount. The Hurricanes do seem to be racking up a lot of points, even on games they don't play that well. They've got six overtime losses. I mean, geez, they've played a ton of overtime games this year. Haven't been great in overtime. Um, Been a little better in the shootout. But that's really the only thing I took from that game that really was, like, meaningful to me. It's that they really got to figure out how to be better in overtime. Maybe that's something that Rod focused on in these couple of days off. But... The lack of value in possession is really frustrating at times with this team. Um, It seems like, I I think I commented this or tweeted it right after the game ended. It's like the one time the Hurricanes touched the puck, Jacob Slavin just kind of threw it up the wall. I think part of the blame was also on, I believe, Svechnikov for not, or I think it was Ajo actually, for not coming back to the puck and giving a little bit more support on Slavin there. But it was still a bit of a risky pass. It got intercepted. And that was literally the only time the Hurricanes touched the puck in overtime. And that includes when Dmitry Kulikov skated the puck into the corner, fell down, and I think it was Teravainen and Pesci were both right there and couldn't get the puck from him. And I was just like, 
it was a nice play by Kulikov to protect the puck even while he was down. But you kind of like to think you got your guys can get the puck away in that situation. I don't know. And then especially yeah. a really bad line change becomes an odd man rush. Boom, game over. Again, I just think it was kind of a stinker, but I'll shut up. What are your thoughts, Matthew? Possession is key in overtime, and part of what hasn't worked for the Hurricanes this year is the Jordan Stahl face-off play where he wins the face-off and then comes off the ice. I don't think Jordan Stahl has won a single overtime face-off this year. I was going to say the same thing. I would love to see his OT face-off percentage. It's terrible. Because it it cannot have been – it can't be good. Um, And I think that that's been a problem because the Canes aren't getting possession right away. So automatically their chances of winning the overtime game drops drastically. The other thing is they don't have another player that's like a great face-off guy. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Ajo's solid. Ajo's fine, but like, you know, you could, in overtime, you could rely on like Trocek. Yeah. And the Canes don't really have that. Coke Kanyemi's not the best face-off guy yet. Uh, is a little over 50%. He's good. He's not good. Yeah. But like the thing is, in overtime, like you're playing against the other team's top players that are also above 50%. Sure. I will. I do want to just throw this nugget in there that I found really interesting. I saw the other day. Jack Drury is 64% in his NHL career. 46 yeah. out of 72. <laughs> he's, he's always been a great faceoff guy. Yeah. Still, a lot of times with young guys, they struggle when they first get to the league. He hasn't. Like, he's right away been really good. Yeah. And the Canes, so the Canes just haven't been able to get possession. That's the issue. I mean, the Anaheim game was ugly in general. If you're going to lose a game on this road trip, I'm okay with it being that one. I mean, you beat the the Kings, a team you should have beaten. You beat the Blues, a struggling team, but still a team with a lot of weapons. Um, Jordan Bennington, not great. Uh, and Jonathan Quick was great. It's just his teammates weren't in that game yeah. against the Kings. Uh, but yeah, the overtime issues are frustrating, but with the Hurricanes it's just a matter of getting possession. And if they can get possession on a more consistent basis, even if it means you got to work on face-offs for a little bit longer, I think it'll be fine. And it's not going to make or break the season, but you would like to see the team uh, win a couple of those. Yeah. Picking up those extra points is going to go a long way. Um, I do want to say, you know, I was just talking about Drury. I think his line with Paul Stasny and who's it? Stefan Nason. Now that Teravine is back. Um, they've been really good. I really liked what I've seen out of them. They scored one of the goals against Anaheim on a really nice play from Drury to set up. Uh, actually, a really nice play from both Stasny and Drury. Um, Stasny to win a battle and get the puck to Drury in the middle of the ice, and then Drury to not have tunnel vision and to lay off that pass for Shea, who then uh, sniped John Gibson. Um, I, I think if that line can continue to produce at that level and just be, you know, relatively consistently threatening offensively, you know, in addition to being solid in their own end, um, that's going to go a long way for the Hurricanes as they continue to move back towards healthy. But speaking of the injuries, you know, there is one bad <laughs> thing that's come out of the last couple of days. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is dealing with a lower body injury. Uh, the word was if he skated today, Friday, then he would travel with the team to the Long Island to take on the Islanders um, and play. Apparently, he did not. So it looks like Sebastian Ajo is at least going to miss a game. Hopefully, it's not any longer than that for obvious reasons. 
Uh, losing your best player for any period of time is obviously not a good thing, um, especially when you're as top-heavy as the Hurricanes have been lately. Having Tara Vinen back will hopefully soften that blow at least a little bit, but it's going to be a tough game on Long Island. Um, we saw what they did to the Hurricanes not that long ago. I believe they're right on the Hurricanes' heels, like two points behind. Yeah, um, Hurricanes are in second, nine points behind the division-leading New Jersey Devils. What the hell, man? I keep waiting on them to slow down, but maybe it's just not going to happen. Um, but the Hurricanes are two points ahead of both the Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Islanders for second place in the Metro right now. So it's obviously a big game. They do have a game in hand on the Islanders, but still one that you want to get a little revenge on them for that beatdown you got at PNC Arena um, about a month ago. They've got seven of a possible eight points on this road trip so far, and you're starting to get some of that production, like I said, from the guys lower down the lineup. But getting Ajo back as soon as possible is obviously going to be big. It does seem like it's something relatively minor that hopefully isn't going to keep him out for an extended period of time. Um, and other than that, we did see both Frederick Anderson and Andre Kasha on the ice today. Now, it was in different capacities. Frederick Anderson, on the one hand, seemed to be switching in and out of the nets with Pyotr Kochekov and Antti Ranta. So it looks like his return is actually probably pretty close. Um, I don't know if we've gotten any word on when exactly that'll be. It's probably, I doubt it's going to be like the Islanders game. But um, I, I would assume if he's actually taking practice time like that, it's going to be pretty soon. Oh, and I did just notice the Islanders are actually beating the New Jersey Devils right now with five minutes left in the third period. So they're going to be tied probably tomorrow when that game happens um, and on the second leg of a back-to-back. So that game does get a little bit bigger. Um, but anyway, back to the injuries. Andre Kasha, on the other hand, we was seen skating with Justin Williams, whose role as special advisor to the GM always gives me a chuckle when I see it. He's probably still going to be a while would be my guess because I, you know, we've talked about it here before. I don't know if it's not a matter of if and not when he skates up for the Hurricanes against this season, but seeing him back on the ice is obviously big. You know, he hasn't played since that season opener against the Columbus Blue Jackets, but with a player like him that's actually very skilled and very versatile, I think that would be another big, big addition if the Hurricanes were to get him back at some point. Yeah, seeing Kasha do public skates is a big deal because we haven't seen that happen yet. I think you can be a little flexible with Anderson's return, and I don't think the Aho injury is caused for too much of a panic yet because right. Aho may be out for this for today or for Saturday's game, but the Canes don't play again until Tuesday. This is so a that's long two extra days to it's to like give one him. Game. It's like one game in like six days. I know it, it's like we. The last game the Canes played is Tuesday um, while we're recording this. And so in the span of a week, they'll have played one game in between the Ducks and the uh, Red Wings games. So I think we'll be okay with Aho just being out for the Islanders game. It's going to be more concerning if he misses anything past the Red Wings game, I think. Uh, Anderson, you can be flexible with because I think we're on to should be closer to 100%. And really, with how Piotr's playing, you can afford to let Ranta and Anderson get back up to 100% without being like, okay, we need to get these guys back because our other goalie sucks. Like, right. Kochekov's been great. So uh, that's clearly not an issue. And my only, like, I don't want to say argument to that, but the Hurricanes need to get one of their other two goalies going because at some point, you right. got to put a little pressure off Kochekov, who's 
getting pretty much all the starts he can handle right now with the way Ronta's playing. So it would be really, really big for the Hurricanes if either Anderson or Ronta one will get going. And it's going to be interesting to see just what they do when Anderson comes back because three goalies is one too many. And Kochekov's the only one that can go to Chicago. So, I mean, I guess you can try to rotate three guys in, but I don't see that scenario playing out any way other than Auntie Ranta getting like pretty much pushed to the side and scratched. But, or maybe he's just the every night backup while the other two guys alternate starts of being in the practice box. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. I think um, Corey Lavalette had an interview with uh, Don Waddell for The Athletic, and Waddell kind of mentioned that the plan is still to send Piotr down because, you know, at some point you're going to have to ride the more proven goalies and Coach Etkov doesn't have to clear waivers. And the other thing is, you know, they want him to get as many starts as possible and playing in Chicago is going to allow for that. Uh, now, he may not be seeing the best hockey in front of him but he's he's gonna play and uh you know he's gonna see a lot of shots <laughs> right now the wolves are tied 2-2 and texas is out shooting them 20 to 9 nice uh they are now no longer tied it is 3-2 texas nice yeah but ryan suzuki does have a primary assist nice so anyways uh yeah. One thing I we were just talking about the the standings a little bit. The Penguins, well actually they're about to go to overtime. Okay. So I thought it was 3 to 2 Penguins. Um so they're about to go to overtime and the Islanders like I said are have a have a late lead. So the Hurricanes might be in a three-way tie for second place when tomorrow's game rolls around. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um I don't love that idea. But who am I? I'm just some silly little podcaster. Um, Piotr has by far been the Hurricanes' best goalie this year. Like, and it's not like it's been kind of close. <laughs> like, Piotr has consistently made a ton of saves that he probably shouldn't have made. He has given the Hurricanes a chance every single night. And I can't say that about, granted, Anderson's a small sample size, but I definitely can't say that about Ronta. He's given up a lot of rough goals. I know he's a proven guy, and I. I do trust that he can turn it around. I think he will turn it around. But I don't see how you send Piotr down the way he's played since he's been up. I know I've said before that Anderson deserves to get the Nets back. He's he's earned that right with his career, how he played last year. He's earned the right to see the Nets again in a pretty substantial role when he returns. But to me, you got to roll with Piotr with him. That's just me. Can I have a, a take real quick? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I said this on Twitter yesterday. And after I hit send, I was like, ooh, am I being a dick? But then I was like, no, I'm just going to lean into it. Somebody asked uh, if the Hurricanes or if the Hurricanes look to find a goalie because Ronta's been struggling or something along those lines. Like, do we look to find a backup for Piotr when we've got two other goalies on the roster? Anyways. I said this and I'm going to stand by it. The so-called goalie issues that this team, the fan base thinks that this team has had, they are not based in reality. Ranta for the games that he has not looked good in has clearly not been a hundred percent. And I'd argue that Anderson wasn't healthy either. Just judging from how he was playing, 
you could tell something was nagging him. I'm not saying that every single game is just because they've been hurt. But at some point, I think this fan base just manufactures goalie controversies because they can't be happy about a damn thing. And I'm waiting for it to happen with Piotr. I already started to see it during the Pittsburgh game. Somebody came into my mentions and was like, oh, we need to find Piotr a better glove hand because he's terrible. And I'm like, dude, the puck was tipped. Shut up. Uh, so, like, part of me is like, yeah, I mean, yeah, some of the concerns about the goaltending are legitimate. But also, have you just considered being happy about this team? Like, take a look. For instance, we watched Jordan Bennington the other night. Would you rather have that in net? <laughs> I'm just being honest. Without Jordan Bennington, are, are the, like, if the Blues had a different goalie, are they a playoff team? Probably. Yeah, I'd say so. And so you have the Hurricanes right now who have pretty good goaltending. They're a playoff team as well. What the hell are you complaining about? I'm sorry. I just, I have to say that because it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, I cannot believe some of the shit that people are saying about the goalies right now. Cause like. Matt's on one tonight, folks. He's I just to- don't think it's that deep, man. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's that deep. I like, I, I just like Anderson had, had like what two bad games to start the year. And all of a sudden, everybody is turning on the guy. It's yeah. like this. So family, it, it's, again, I think he needs to be back in the nets. But yeah, I also think but, it's a very goalie is a very hot hand position. And sure, but the if you guy is Piotr. Sure, but what but, I'm what I'm trying to say is like anytime a goalie has a bad game, somebody has to question like, huh? Do the Hurricanes maybe need to look for another goaltender? Like, no, shut the hell up. Like if you're if you're constantly worried and if you're constantly thinking in that mentality, like you must be miserable. I'm sorry to say that, but like if you're constantly thinking that negatively, like just please go outside. Just touch one blade of grass. I beg you. That's that's my rant. That's that's my rant. I'm. I'm, I can't say anymore. I, I'm just like, it's, it's ridiculous that people are trying to make a controversy and they've been doing this all year long. They've been trying to make a goalie controversy when we have now three quality NHL goaltenders. And we're trying to suggest that we need to get a backup for Piotr freaking Kochekov. Okay. <laughs> all right. And now that I need to give Matt a chance to calm down and catch his breath. <laughs> Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm sure they're proud to be partners with us as well at this point. But we are going to take a moment, a very gracious moment. <laughs> they keep paying us. And get a word from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, don't miss your chance to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. 
Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details. Oh, and I'm back. Matt got mad and threw his computer. He's actually not here anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's here. As we wrap things up tonight, we're probably not going to be on here too much longer. Matt's been sick. I've been working my ass off. I'm tired. I don't want to record all day tomorrow. Or edit, I should say. But... Let's go back through a couple other players. There's a couple guys I want to touch on that I think have been playing some really good hockey in these last couple, this little last little stretch anyway. Um, one of them is Brent Burns. I think the LA game might have been his best game as a Hurricane. Uh, he had two points that night, two assists. But his defensive game was probably that side of the puck was I think was easily his best game as a Hurricane. Um, really solid in that end. He stopped a multitude of chances. <clears throat> I think he had like two like diving poke checks in that game to break up Bob Marmushes, at least one. Um, but he, he just made some really, really crafty stick plays that were kind of more of what I was expecting alongside Jacob Slavin. Like those are two guys that are really, really good with their sticks. Sometimes you wish they'd use the body a little bit more, I know. But um, actually having those two together, I, I kind of expected that to be a really tough pair to play against. And at times I don't think they have been this season. Um, I. We talked about this a little the other night. I'm definitely not saying the guy's been bad. He's still a hell of a lot better than most defensemen in the NHL. I don't think Slavin's been as dominant defensively as we've seen him at times this year. Um, and I think maybe that's a little bit of the reason it's taken Burns a little while to get going. I don't know. Uh, this could be a chicken or the egg situation. One of them struggling, making the other one don't know which is which. But I think at some point, and we're starting to see Burns come along, I think at some point we're going to start to see a lot more out of that pairing. So I, I think things are looking up in that regard. Uh, and another player also on the back end I want to point out, I think Jalen Chatfield has been awesome lately. Um, the guy's been playing with a ton of energy, and he's just been making a lot of defensive plays. Obviously, he's not a big offensive guy, but I think he's had some of his better games as a hurricane in recent games as well. Um, granted, I didn't watch a ton of the Anaheim game, I can't remember exactly what I, I think I was just gotten off work that night and was just tired. I definitely had to work Wednesday morning. So I think that was part of it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Chatfield has been playing some really good hockey. The hurricanes, I mean, it still seems like they're just kind of waiting on everything to click. Doesn't it? Like we haven't really, well, we for sure haven't seen their peak. We haven't seen their potential yet for sure. Um, but guys are still trying to settle in. We like, you know, we mentioned just a minute ago that Brent Burns is starting to get a little better. I think Paul Stasny, another guy I mentioned earlier, is starting to get better. As these guys continue to kind of settle in and play, you know, better hockey. And then, again, as guys start to return from injury, we're going to start to see this team make a little bit of a push. And I think start to impose their identity as who they are as a speedy, talented, forechecking team a little more frequently here moving forward. Um and lastly, Seth Jarvis, another guy got off to a slow start this year, been playing really, really good hockey. The points are starting to come a little more frequently. Um, still having some chances he's not finishing that we're maybe used to or last year. We were kind of used to seeing him finish, but that'll come with time. I think the kid's starting to burst through what was definitely a slow start this year. Yeah, he's on a six game point streak right now, which is pretty good. Yep. Um, yeah, the fourth line as a whole has been really good these past few games. Uh I think moving Mason down to the fourth line was absolutely the right call. 
Uh, he's definitely not suited for the first line. And that's another reason the Canes missed Tevo Teravainen is because. Puts guys in the right role. Yeah. Shocking what happens when players are in their right roles. The Hurricanes, you know, Brent Burns has been playing well. Slavin, I think, has been fine this season. I would argue that he hasn't had to be spectacular this year, and I think that's okay. Last year, and I'm going to say this, and I don't care. This is another thing that I'm going to say on this podcast. I don't care if I get hate for this. (laughs) Buddy, I am so glad that Tony D'Angelo is struggling defensively in Philadelphia. If you can't crack the Flyers' defense... I don't think you're very his good. defensively. He has been a appallingly bad. <laughs> like it should shock you. He hasn't seen that much red since January 6, 2021. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's it, people have been making that joke since it happened. I'm, I, I just, I have to. Uh, I just think that you know, Slavin had to cover up for a lot of D'Angelo's mistakes last year. Burns makes some tough mistakes, but he's positionally sound. He'll stay roughly in the place he's supposed to stay in. Will he always win the battles? No but he's at least where he's supposed to be in the defensive zone, which makes Slavin not have to go from like, you know, end to end on the ice, just basically covering for D'Angelo's ass the whole time. I don't know what you're doing. You can't see my burn. Can you? I burnt the fuck out of myself yesterday. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> but like, does, does that make any sense? Like, yeah, Burns, Burns has his flaws defensively, but Slavin doesn't have to do as much to make up for Burns's flaws as he did for D'Angelo's. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also am not used to seeing Slavin turn the puck over as much as he has. We already mentioned one of those turnovers earlier. Another happened in that Anaheim game as well when he went behind the net. <clears throat> I, I still just don't know what he was doing exactly. I think he kind of got you know, messed with from you know, the guy on his, <laughs> on his ass a little bit um, was like kind of, you know, pressuring him and getting his stick on him. Jeez, this is sounding a little suspect at this point. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway. And then in front of him, Jacob Slavin of you. <laughs> right. Um, but he, I mean, he, as he was curling behind the net, there was, I, I guess it may be Burns. I don't know who it was exactly, but there was another hurricane that was kind of behind the net with, an Anaheim duck on him. Like it was a good forechecking, forechecking pressure from the ducks to be sure. But Slavin has got to get rid of that puck. And instead he tried to skate it kind of, and then lost, he he got stripped and then pass out front. Boom. You got a goal. Um, I can't remember who it was. It doesn't matter, but it was little plays like that. Like I'm not used to seeing this two turnovers that, you know, I just not really putting this together, two turnovers in that Anaheim game. One of them, the overtime winner that were directly from Jacob Slavin. It's not something we're used to seeing. I don't know. I just don't think he's been quite as sharp as we were accustomed to him being. Everybody makes mistakes, even guys that sometimes we think are inhuman, like Jacob Slavin. Um, But I think that's probably also part of what makes it stick out more when it is him. 
Um, and I just don't think he's been a big factor offensively. And again, he's not, he's definitely not an offensive defenseman. Don't get me wrong. What did he have? 40 points last year? I feel well, like like consider five. the fact that he was on the second power play unit for a lot of last year. How many of those points were even power play points last year, though? Yeah, I mean, he was at least getting play. some secondary assists. Yeah, probably so. Because um, the Canes power play was really good last year during the regular season. Right. Yeah. Early on in the regular season. That's true. Um, so, yeah, that probably does have something to do with it. But still, like, I just. Even for a guy that's definitely not an offensive defenseman, I, I feel like he normally at least pitches in once in a while. And I just don't see him super active offensively this year. Like every once in a while, we'd see a slave and rush in the past. And sometimes it resulted in some pretty nasty goals or assists or whatever. But um, I don't know. I, I, I It kind of goes back to what I was saying. I'm not trying to say it as a negative. I think there's another group. <laughs> I think Slavin's going to be, you know, a lot better as this season goes along, honestly. So I think that's something probably to look forward to. Yeah. I think... I think the Hurricanes as a whole are just starting to settle into their own. Um, the Brady Shea is heating up. Natchez is still playing at a ridiculous level. It's sad because Ajo was really starting to be playing at a really good, uh, really high level too. Um, right. I think we could kind of start to see that he was banged up the last couple of games. I don't think he's looked that great. I think he's starting to, yeah, I think he looked like something was a little bit off. And that's why I'm yeah. totally surprised. When I heard he was dealing with something, but hey, better to get it taken care of now. Nip that in the bud. If he's not feeling 100%, don't play him because we don't want it to be something that lingers and ends up, you know, bothering him. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want him to be out in the playoffs. Today, yes, I have made every single point that I made in my article today, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the last thing I want to talk about is the fact that the Canes sent Dylan Coglin down to uh, the Wolves for a conditioning loan. All right, that guy. Yeah, he, he's he's able to stay there for 14 days, I believe. Uh, I believe the Wolves only play like four games in that in that span, but that gets him four more games than he probably would have gotten up here. Maybe they'll send him on a conditioning stint to uh, the ECHL. No, I think the conditioning loan is a, hey, we want you to get some playing time. And I think this is just pure speculation, but I'm also wondering if he's basically told the Canes, like, hey, I want to play. Kind of like an Ethan Bear situation. Like, if you're not going to play me here, move me to a team that will. You know? So I'm wondering if this two weeks are, all right, here's some playing time while we try and work something out. All right. Yeah, that's could be totally feasible. Um, and I think Max Lajoie has been better than he has when he's been up anyway. I just... <clears throat> for me i don't i i i've been watching the wolves tonight i'm watching i was watching it as we're recording this Coglin just doesn't do anything for me man we thought he was going to be really good after those preseason games but then we were reminded how much preseason games actually mean yeah but it's so crazy it, it's so stupid like it's not like I, I get that you're not playing full nhl teams but like even tonight, he's not playing. He's playing AHLers, and he's not playing great. I'm not gonna be mean, <laughs> like because I was high on the guy. I thought he was gonna be like potentially a piece that you could second power play guy, like on your third pair, kind of sheltered minutes. But like a guy that can give you something out of that role, give you a little more offensive punch from the back end, and instead, 
the guy was just a pylon out there. And he the skating is a big problem in this system. And that offensive, you know, IQ that we saw in the preseason, like it, that's so weird to me how it goes from he was making so many plays in the preseason to he made one really sweet pass to Jesperi Kokaniemi early in the year that <coughs> I, I forgot what the, who the player was, but there was some Nashville Predator, I want to say, that was just standing in his net. So Kokaniemi didn't finish the empty net. <laughs> yeah. It like should have been a beautiful assist for Cogling. But other than that, I don't remember him doing anything of note offensively except bombing one-timers on the early days of the power play that were really struggling. And he's got a great shot, but he never found the net. He, I think he hit one post. So that's yeah, tonight. That, that is my memory of Dylan Coughlin as a hurricane. And that might be all we ever get. Tonight in the Wolves game, he he's he hasn't played overly well. He had one shift on the power play where he gets he it's not even the best like back check or forecheck ever. And he just completely folds under pressure and struggles to get the puck out of his own end on the power play. And that's the type of thing where I'm just like, come on, man. Like you you're you've played NHL games. You should be better than this, and he just isn't. Uh, uh, so confidence is a funny thing, man. This, this is another topic we've had on this podcast. We saw it with Natchez, we saw it with Svechnikov. And I think to some degree, you know, maybe for an already not great player, it's rearing its head. Yeah, who knows? I mean, the Wolves' defense sucks, and he's definitely better than some of the players that have played on that blue line this year. Um, But, man, it's just the Wolves right now are struggling, and I, I can't see how they can make him better. They really need McEachern back because he's at least another player that'll play physically. Because right now it's just a bunch of little guys because that's all the Canes draft right now. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Just when you have a team of players that are sub five feet or sub six feet, <laughs> not, not five feet, yeah, sub six feet, like you're going to run into issues against the bigger, more physical teams, which is all of the AHL. Really, there really is what the AHL is. It's like a bunch of bigger guys that like don't really have the skill to make the NHL, so they're trying to fight their way to the league. <laughs> right. It's just yeah. So, anyways, that's my that's that's another soapbox. I'll get off of that now. All right. Well, folks, we want to thank you very much for uh, spending another week with us. It is, we're getting close to the halfway point of the season, I believe, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just making that up in my head, but. Not really. We're like a, we're about a third. We're pretty much a third. Okay. Well, anyways, we're a third of the way through the NHL season right now. It's, it's been fun so far. The Canes are what? 14, six and six, which is really solid. Uh, you know, it's it's funny that winning streak really removed a lot of the doom and gloom, as as it does. And uh, yeah, Christmas is coming soon, so we'll probably do like a Christmas themed episode, or at least a Christmas themed segment in a future episode. Probably not next week. Probably the week after. Yeah, and then we got the World Juniors coming up as well on the twenty sixth, so that'll be something to look forward to. The most wonderful time of the year. 
Bump, bump. Yeah, I'm not singing again this time. You guys didn't appreciate it. For and last names for botching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys didn't appreciate that last time. They so. didn't appreciate it. That's why we're not even friends anymore. That's what I'm saying. They're all fake for not appreciating. Folks, we appreciate you listening. As always, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs>